Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Jordan, chapter 11, and the last chapter. Jordan drove Libby to his house in a warm silence. He led her into the big, elegant living room and closed the door behind them. Want something to drink? He asked, moving to a pitcher of iced tea that Amy had apparently left for them, along with a plate of homemade cake covered with foil and a piece of pound cake. <laughs> I'd love that, she agreed. Poured tea into two glasses, handed them to her, along with dulies to protect the coffee table from spots. He put cake onto two plates with forks and brought them along, put... But as he bent over the coffee table, he obscured Libby's plate. When he sat down beside her, there was a beautiful emerald solitary set in gold lying on a piece of cake. Look at that, he exclaimed with twinkle dark eyes. Why, it's an engagement ring. I wonder who could have put it there. <laughs> he dropped. She picked it up breathless. It's beautiful. She picked It's beautiful. Isn't it? He mused. Why don't you try it on? If it fits, he added slightly, you might turn it into a fairy princess and get your own true princess prize. <laughs> she smiled through breathless into the list. Think so, darling. I can almost guarantee it. He replied tenderly. Want to give it a shot? <laughs> he seemed to hold his breath while he waited for a reply. Just by tears, it was the most potent moment of her entire life. Why don't you put it on for me? She asked finally, watching him lift the ring and slide it onto her ring finger with something like relief. <laughs> How about that? He murmured out. It's a perfect fit. Almost as if it were made just for you. He added. She looked up at him and all the humor went out of his face. He held her small hand in his big one and searched her eyes. You love emeralds. I bought this months ago and stuck it in a drawer while I tried to decide whether or not it would be suicide to propose to you. Duke Wright's situation made me uncertain. I was afraid you hadn't seen enough of the world or life to be able to settle down here in Jacobsville. I was afraid you'd take a chance. <laughs> I was afraid to take a chance. She moved a step closer. But he finally did. Cut her face in his big worn hands. Yes, when I realized that I was spending time with Julie just to keep you at bay. If she'd been a better sort of person, it would have been a low thing to do. I was flattered at her interest in the company I got to keep, but I felt like a traitor when she started insulting you in public. I was too wrapped up in my own uncertainties to do what I should have done. Which was what? She asked softly. He bit to her somehow. I should have realized that if you really love someone, Everything works out. He kissed her tenderly. I should have told you how I felt and given you a chance to spread your wings if you wanted to. I could have waited while you decided what sort of future you wanted. She still couldn't believe that he didn't know how she felt. I was crazy about you. She whispered huskily. Everybody knew it except you. She reached up and licked her arms around her Duke's wife wasn't like me, Jordan. She added, searching his dark eyes. She lived with a domineering father and a deeply religious mother. They taught her that a woman's role in life was to marry and obey her husband. She'd always done what they told her to do. But after she married Duke, she ran wild, probably giving vent to all those feelings of suffocation restricting restrictions she'd endured in all her life. Getting pregnant on her wedding night was a big mistake for both of them because then she finally felt trapped she took a deep breath if duke hadn't rushed her into it she'd have gone off and found her career and came back to him when she knew what she really wanted it was a tragedy in the making from the very beginning she didn't love him enough he murmured he didn't love her enough she countered he got her pregnant thinking he would hold it would hold her 
He said, I want children. He says, oh, but now right away, we need time to get to know each other before we start a family, don't we? She smiled. See, you ask me about things. You don't order me around. Duke was exactly the opposite. She traced his mouth with her fingertips. That's why I stopped going out with him. He never asked me what I wanted to do, even what I wanted to eat. When we went out together, he actually ordered me ordered meals for me before I could say what I liked. She learned. He ordered me liver and onions, and I never went out with him again. He lifted an eyebrow. Darling, I swear on my horse that I will never order you liver and onions. He crossed his heart. He was so handsome when he grinned like that. Her heart expanded like a balloon with pure happiness. Actually, she whispered, lifting up to him. I'd even eat liver and onions for you. <laughs> for you. <laughs> the real test of love. He agreed, gathering up hungrily. And I'd eat squash for you. He offered. She smiled under the slow, sweet pressure of his mouth. Amy said he'd actually dumped a squash casserole in the middle of the living room carpets to make the point that he never wanted it again. This is nice, he murmured, lifting her completely off the floor. But I can do better. Can you really? She whispered, biting softly at his full lower lip. Show me. He laughed, even though his body was making empathetic statements about how little time there was left for teasing. He was burning. He put her down on the sofa and crushed her into it with the warm, hard length of his body. Jordan, she whispered breathlessly when he eased between her long legs. Don't panic, he said against her lips. Amy used to scream away. Lift up. She did, and he unfastened the bra and pushed it out of the way under her blouse. He deepened the kiss slowly, seductively, while his lean hands discovered the soft warmth of her bare breasts in a heated silence. Her head began to spin. He was going to be her husband. She could lie in his arms all night long. They could have children together. After the tragedy of the past few months, it was like a trip to paradise. She moaned and wrapped her long legs around his hips, urging him even closer. She felt the power and heat of him intimately, her mouth open, inviting the quick, hard thrust of his tongue. Oh, yes, she groaned into his hard mouth, her hips lifting into his rhythmically, her breast gasping out of his, out at his ear as she clung to him. Yes, that feels good. <laughs> Tormented sound worked out of his throat as he pressed her down hard into the soft cushion of the sofa. His hands already reached for the zipper in the front of her slacks, so far gone that he was mindless. The sound of footsteps outside the door finally penetrated the fog of passion that lay between them. Jordan lifted his head. Libby looked up at him, dazed and only half aware of the sound. Amy, he groaned, taking a steady breath. We have to stop. <laughs> tell her to go away, she whispered, laughing breathlessly. You tell her. He says he got her feet. She gets even in the kitchen. You can make She can make squash look like a corn casserole. Amy's revenge, you know, and Amy's revenge, you're about. I want to marry you. <laughs> Take what? I want it with all my heart. <laughs> she had to fight down tears, Andrew. I want it too. Drew her close over his lap. When he kissed her, it was with such breathless tenderness that she felt tears threatening again. She slid her arms around his neck and kissed him back with fever at the door, but he put her gently away. You don't want to ravish me, she screamed. You said once that you could do me justice in thirty minutes. A lie, he said, chuckling. I need two hours, and Amy skulking out in the hall waiting for an opportunity to congratulate us. <laughs> He added in a whisper, We can't possibly shock her so soon before the wedding. She hesitated. 
so soon. I want to get married as quickly as possible. All we need is the blood test, a license, and I've already got us a minister. Unless you want a formal wedding in a big church with hundreds of guests. He added wordingly. No need, since you've already got us a minister. It's easy, looks. Thank God. The idea of a morning coat and hundreds of people. <laughs> she was kissing him, so he'd stop talking. Just as things were getting interesting, there was an impatient knock at the door. Well, Amy called through it. She said yes. Jordan called back. Door opened and Amy rushed in. Gritted from here to here. She hates squash. He said in a mock whisper. I won't ever make it again, Amy promised. He hugged her. After a minute, Libby joined them. She hugged the housekeeper, too. Welcome to the family, Emmy laughed, and that was the end of any heated interludes for the rest of the evening. Next few days went by in a blur of activity when the votes were counted on Tuesday at the primary lecture. Senator Morrill lost the Democratic candidacy by a 10 to 1 margin. A recall of the city followers was announced, along with news of a special election to follow. Councilman Culver and the mayor were both implicated in drug trafficking, along with Julie Merrill. Julie had managed to get bailed the day before the primary, but she hadn't been seen since. She was also Still in trouble for the arson conspiracy. Her father had given an impress impressive concession speech in front of the news media and congratulated Calvin Ballinger with sincerity. It came to be noticed that he improved when his daughter's sins came to light. Apparently he'd been duty-bound to try and protect her and it had almost killed his conscience. He'd started drinking heavily and then realized that he was likely to lose his state senate seat for it. He panicked, gone to the mayor and tried to get the charges dropped. One irresponsible act had cost General Moore everything, but he told Calhoun he still had his house and his health. He'd stand by his daughter, of course, and do what he could for her. Perhaps retirement wouldn't be such a bad thing. His daughter could not be reached for comment. She was now being hunted by every law enforcement officer in Texas and government agents on the drug charges, which were formidable. Other unsavory facts were still coming to light about her doings. Jordan finally understood why Libby had tried so hard to keep him out of Julie's company, and he apologized profusely for refusing to listen to her. Duke Ride's plight had made him somber and afraid, especially when he realized how much he loved Libby. He was afraid to take a chance on her. He had plenty of regrets. Libby accepted his apology and threw herself into politics as one of Calhoun's speechwriters, a job she loved, but she told Jordan she had no desire to do it for a profession. She was quite happy to work for Mr. Kep and raise a family in Jacobsville. On the morning of Libby's marriage to Jordan, she was almost floating with delight. I can't believe that things... That have happened in two weeks, Libby told her brother at the church door as they walked for the music, waited for the music to go down the aisle together. It's just amazing. For a small town, it's certainly easy, Green. Happy. Too happy. I never dreamed I'd marry Jordan. <laughs> oh, dude, he's been crazy about you for years, but Duke Wright's bad luck really got to him. Fortunately, he did see the light in time. She took a deep breath as the first strands of the wedding march were heard. I'm glad it's just us and not a crowd, she murmured. He didn't speak. His eyes twinkled as he opened the door. Inside, all the prominent citizens of Jacobsville were sitting in the pews, waiting for the bride to be given away by a brother. Cash Grier was there with Tippy, so was Calvin Bounder and Abby, Justin or Beth. Justin Bounder and Shelby Jacobs Bounder, the Hard Brothers, all five of them, including the Attorney General, were their wives. The trim remains, Mr. Kep, with Violet, the, the, the Doctor's Culture, and Dr. Morris, and Dr. Steele, and their wives, F. Scott and his wife, Cy Porks and his wife. It was a very of who's who of the city. 
Surprise! Carol whispered in her ear and sucked her along down the aisle. She was adored in a simple white satin gown with collarbone embroidery on the bodice and puffy sleeves, a delicate veil covering her face and shoulders. She carried a bouquet of lily of the valley and pink roses. Jordan Powell, in a soft gray morning coat and all the trappings, was waiting for her at the altar with the minister. He looked handsome and welcoming, and he was smiling from ear to ear. Libby thought back over the past few agonizing weeks and realized all the hardships and heartaches she'd endured made her truly appreciative all the sweet blessings that had come into her life. She smiled through her tears and stopped at Jordan's side, her small hands searching blindly for his as she waited to speak her vow. She never felt more loved or happier than she was at that moment. Moment. She only wished her parents had lived to see her married. Just after the wedding, there was a reception at the church fellowship hall, catered by Barbara's Cafe. The wedding cake was beautiful, with a colorful motif that exactly matched the embroidery on Libby's wedding gown. She and Jordan were photographed together, cutting the cake, and then interacting with all their unexpected guests. The only sticking moment was when handsome Haines Carson bit to kiss Libby. Careful, Haines, Jordan said from Robinson. I'm watching you. Great idea, Haynes replied impurely and grinned. You can use a few lessons, and he kissed Libby enthusiastically, while Jordan fumed. When they were finally alone, hours later in Galveston, Jordan, Jordan was still fuming about the kiss. You know, Haynes was teasing, she said, coaxing him into her arm. But I'm not. I've waited 24 years for this, he added with a worried smile. I have great expectations. He drew her close with a worldly look. And I expect to satisfy them fully. I'm not going to be very good at this at first, he said breathless when he began to undress her. Is it all right? He smiled to her. You're going to be great at it, he countered. The only real requirement is love. We're rich in that. She relaxed a little, watching his dark eyes glow as he uncovered the soft... Petal pink smoothness of her bare skin. She was a little nervous. Nobody had seen her undressed since she was a little girl. Jordan realized that and made him even more gentle. <laughs> Never been with an innocent, but he knew enough about women that it wasn't going to be a problem. She loved him. He wanted nothing more than to please her. When she was standing in just her briefs, he bent and smoothed his warm mouth over the curve of her breast. She smelled of roses. There were a faint moisture under his lips, which he rightly attributed to fear. He lifted his head, looked down at her wide, uncertain eyes. Women have been doing this since the dawn of time. He was, if it wasn't for Fun. Nobody would want to do it, right? She laughed nervously. Right? He's wanting it, so just relax and let me drive. It's going to be a journey you'll never forget. Her hands went to say, "Okay." When I get to make suggestions, she told him impishly and worked on fastening the tie. Then his white shirt. She opened it over her bronze chest, thick with dark, soft hair. He felt furry, but under the hair was hard, warm. Muscles. She liked the way he felt. Kissed her softly while he coaxed her hands his belt. She hesitated. Don't agonize over it. He teased, moving her hands aside to unfasten himself. We'll go slow. <laughs> I'm not really a coward. She was like, I'm just, it's just uncharted territory. I've never even looked at pictures. He could imagine what sort of pictures she's talking about. He always went, next time, you'll be a veteran and it won't intimidate you. <laughs> Are you sure? She asked. He bent her mouth. I'm sure. His warm lips moved down her throat to her breasts, but this time they weren't gent 
certainly teasing. They were invasive and insistent as they opened on the hard little nubs his caresses had already produced. When his hands moved her hips lazily against the hard thrust of his powerful body, she began to feel drugged. She thought it would be embarrassing and uncomfortable to make love in the light, but Jordan was slow and thorough, easing her into intimacy beyond anything she'd ever dreamed. He cradled her against him on the bed bed, rousing her to such a fever pitch that when he removed the last bit of her clothing, it was a relief to feel the coolness of the room against her hot skin. By the time he removed his own clothes, she was too hungry to be embarrassed. In fact, she was as aggressive as he was, starving for him in the tempestuous minutes that followed. She remembered the first kiss they shared beside her pickup truck at his fence. She knew then that she'd do anything he wanted her to do, but this was far from the vague dreams of fulfillment she'd had when she was alone. She had known that passion was like a fever that nothing could quilch. The desire brought intense desperation. She had known that lovemaking was blind, deaf, mute slavery to a man's touch. I will die for you, Jordan whispered huskily at her ear as he moved slowly in total possession with a trembling body. body. Well, it hurt. She managed in a stranger's voice and she hesitated just momentarily the enormity of what was happening to her. He laughed sensuously as he began to move lazily against her. Are you kidding? He murmured and with a sharp deft movement produced a sensation and lifted her clear off the bed and against him with an unearthly little cry of pleasure. From there it was a descent into total madness she shivered with every powerful thrust of his body she clung to him with her arms her legs her soul she moaned helplessly as sensations built on sensations until she was almost screaming from the urgent need for satisfaction she heard her own voice pleading with him but she couldn't understand her own words she wrote for fulfillment her body demanding feverishly moving with his as they climbed the spiral of passion together she felt suddenly as if she'd been dropped from a great height into a hot throbbing wave of pleasure that began I never seemed to end. She clung to him, terrified that he might stop, that he might draw back, that he might pull away. She whispered, I won't stop. It's all right. It's all right, honey. I love you so much. I love you too, she gasped, and he began to shudder, even as she felt herself move from one plane of exiting to another, and another, and another, each one deeper and more satisfying than the one before. one point, she thought she might actually die from the force of it. Her eyes closed. She let the waves wash over her in succession, glorying in the unbelievable sweet aftermath. Above her, Jordan was just reaching his own culmination. He groaned harshly at her ear and shuddered one last time before he collapsed in her arms, dead weights on her damp shiver body and you were afraid he chimed in a tender whisper kissing her eyes her cheeks her throat she laughed so that's how it feels she said drowsily and now i'm sleepy he laughed with her. so am i <laughs> will you be here when i wake up she seized he kissed her soul mildly for the rest of my life honey until the very end, her arms curved around him and she curled into his powerful body, feeling closer to him than she'd ever felt to another human being he was potent she was old woman she was left until the very end, my darling, she repeated her voice trailing away in the silence of the room. She slept in his arms. It was the best night of her life, but it was only the beginning for the both of them. The end of the book, Alexander. I hope you liked it. Peace out. Everybody stay safe. Bye.